0: a little bit of this on Tuesday. But it was just so inspiring that this is where I needed to go today. What is condemnation? You know what condemnation is? Condemnation. To be condemned. Found guilty. Found guilty. To be, to be sentenced to something that may last a little bit of time, may last a long time. You can be condemned to death. I condemn you to death. The Mm -hmm. earthly judge will say, I condemn you to death. Or, I condemn you to five years in prison. Or, I condemn you to hard labor. Now, earthly condemnation, condemnation doesn't last forever. Even if the condemnation is death. At death, that earthly condemnation has ended. But what Paul is talking about here in Romans, Romans 8 is a condemnation that does last forever. And our first assumption is that this condemnation is from God, that God condemns us for eternity. God condemns people for eternity. But if you read these first two verses of Romans 8 carefully, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God is actually the antidote for eternal condemnation. Jesus Christ, who is God, protects us from such condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Right? No condemnation. Now, who's condemning us then? Some, some will say, oh, well, God, it's, it's a paradox. God condemns us, and then he saves us from the condemnation. And that's uh, usually an atheistic thing that people you know, are just using an excuse to not believe. Because they say, I can't believe in such paradoxes. The second verse, for the law is the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's a clue. Who condemns us? Our own sin condemns us. We have been cursed. Cursed because we sinned. Adam brought the curse in. It's genetically imposed on all of us. And it is a sin that condemns us. Now, notice the two laws here. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. Think of... You all took math. Have you taken math? Have you done graphs in math? You have an x-axis and a y-axis. Have you plotted any points? You plotted points. An x-axis is the horizontal... The y-axis is the vertical. Think of the y-axis as being Jesus. Boom. He splits the x-axis in half. And then over here is before Jesus. Now, in history we have B.C. and A.D. But think of B.C. in your life. Before Jesus, you are living under a law of sin and death. There is no way... To get out from under it. Think of yourself here, and then this this sin and death is covering you. It's heavy. It's bearing down on you. It's condemning you. If you've read the Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, when he first sets off on his pilgrimage, has a burden on his back. That burden is sin, which leads to death. He gazes upon the cross, boom, the y-axis... And the burden falls off of his back and falls down a hole and is lost forever. It's gone. That sin, that burden, is gone. Before the y-axis, over here, we are living under the condemnation of sin. There's nothing we can do to get out of it. We continually break God's commandments. And they count against us. If we die without reaching that y-axis, if we we're, we're going this way and we don't reach the y-axis, we're condemned by our sin. God doesn't so much punish us as allow as he does allow our sin to just take us, to have its way with us. In this life, even before Christ, Even though we're under the punishment of sin, under the condemnation of sin, God still protects us because things aren't as bad as they could be. Even for those who reject God completely, they're under the condemnation of sin and yet God still preserves, God still carries them along. If upon death, that person has not attained Christ, is not in Christ, God then releases all protection that he's had on them. And the sin takes them. And the sin has gained all control over that person. And that's called hell. Now, over here, we have this y-axis. We have Jesus... And through faith in Christ, and I'll get to how we have faith in Christ in a little bit, we are moved from this condemnation of sin, the law of sin and death. We are moved to the other side of the y-axis, the other side of the cross. We are put here where we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Where there is no condemnation. It's like all that sin that was on you has fallen off your back, just like Christian in the story, and gone down a hole. And it will condemn you no more. Believe that, because sometimes it's hard to believe, because what happens is we still sin over here, on this side of the Y-axis, on this side of the cross. We've put our faith in Christ. God has given us that faith. We're over here. And yet we're still still sinning. But this is a different kind of sin. This sin over here condemned us. This sin over here disciplines us. As a father disciplines a child, God allows us to sin because he knows because we have the spirit, because we have put our faith in Christ, he knows that when we sin, the spirit points it out to us. The spirit comes alive in us, and we grow into the likeness of Christ. We still sin. It's no longer condemning us. It's no longer separating us from God. It's an occasional sin that that God uses to discipline his children and make them more into the likeness of Christ than they were before. Think to yourself, am I feeling the burden of sin? Or am I actually understanding whenever sin happens that it's Making me better, making me more into the likeness of Christ. How do you feel about your sin? Is it a burden? Is it separating you from God? Or is God using it to convert you more, to conform you? I don't want to say convert, that's a little bit too on the y axis exactly, but conform you, sanctify you. That's the process. We want to use the big theological word sanctify you into more of the likeness of Jesus. For what the law could not do this law over here the law on the on the, the condemnation for what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Remember Jesus did not sin himself. But he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin. So the, pun- the condemnation that we deserve. God sent his son to receive that condemnation. Even though he did not sin. He was sent In sinful flesh, as if he were representing all of sinful mankind. And God laid that condemnation upon Jesus. Now what happens when you lay condemnation upon a sinless being? The sinless being defeats the condemnation and takes it away. And all who have faith in that very being end up on the other side of this axis, in this new law, this law of spirit of life in Christ. And it looks like the old law. It's the Ten Commandments, which can be summarized in the two commandments. Love Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here we couldn't do it. We continually harmed our neighbor by living selfishly. But here on this other side, we still trip and stumble and fall, but there's a different experience of sin. The sin we can identify. Over here, the sin wasn't even sin. It was just, this is the way life is. The requirement of the law, so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, this side, we do not walk according to the flesh, we walk according to the spirit. It's the same law on both sides. This one condemned us and told us, you're never going to make it. After Jesus, this law, which is the same law, now gives us a guide. Okay. I can start loving my neighbor now. I can understand how to love my neighbor now. I understand how to love my neighbor. The flesh and the spirit. And it doesn't mean, as some of the Gnostics used to say, all flesh is bad. We still have to walk around in these human bodies. We still have to interact with other humans. Can't love your neighbor if you're two disembodied souls. But, our souls are what is commun- our, our spirits are communing with Christ's spirit, and then it manifests through our flesh to other flesh. But if we're living in the flesh, we're denying our spirit, and we're living a life of sin, as it says in 1 John, practicing sin. We're living a life of sin. Over here, we occasionally sin, but we're living the spirit life. Through the flesh, with everybody, interacting with people. But our life is spirit. And God's spirit connects with our spirit and informs us when we sin, what the solution is. And I'll get to that. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Pretty simple. You're living in the flesh here. You're living in the spirit here. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the thing, I said that. For the mind set on the flesh is death. This is eternal death. Staying on this side of the y-axis axis leads to death. On this side of the y axis, what does it say? The mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because, and this is, the, this is a crucial verse, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. Hostile toward God? Not hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. This, this, this law condemns, it doesn't, people don't obey it. And over here, this people on this side are subjected to the law of God. They love the law of God. Read Psalm 119. I love everything about the law. Not because if you're over here in the flesh, you wouldn't love it, because it's condemning me. But I'm over here, in the spirit... And I can read Psalm 119 and go, yes, the law is good because it's teaching me how to love my neighbor and my God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. And this is the crucial verse. For it is not even able to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And they're not able to. The ability on this side of the Y-axis... The side of the cross Is a complete impotency It's a complete inability To be able To save yourself The sin is just too strong It takes God himself To pick us up Out of this side And move us over to this And that is faith He gives us faith We put our faith in Christ And we're now living in the law of the spirit And this is what Jesus is talking about In John 8, starting at verse 31, he's saying to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. That's the secret. It's so easy to say, yeah, I've got my faith in Christ. And never practice. Or, I've heard about Jesus from someone, I'm going to believe, I'm going to put my faith in him. And that's possible but this for sanctification to be on this side of the axis Jesus is saying continue in my word i keep stressing this but and it's not i'm not being legalistic in order for us to find the true Jesus the one we need to put our faith in we go to the scripture to see the real Jesus the true Jesus. Continue in my word. Then you will be disciples of mine. Then you will be on this side of the cross. If I put my faith in a false Jesus, if I put my faith in anything else, I'm stuck over here. And I'll never get over here. I have to put my faith in the y-axis, in the in Jesus, who's broken my life in two, in half. Pre-Jesus, post-Jesus, sinful flesh life, spirit life. He has moved me there, but I have to do it by believing in the Jesus of the Bible, the real Jesus. And this is the only place where you can find the real Jesus. And we say, well, I've read the Bible, so I know the real Jesus. We continue, continue in my word, because you all know it. If every time you read the Bible, you're finding something new. No matter how many times you've read, I've read the Gospel of John dozens of times with different people. And we'll get to a part. And I said, I don't ever remember reading this before. Because there's an aspect of Jesus that I was ignoring because I didn't see it. I'm continuing in the Word, and then I can see the real Jesus. And the real Jesus becomes, it's not just. Four Gospels, there's the real Jesus. There's so much everywhere. The Old Testament is about Jesus. The letters are about Jesus. There's some aspect of Jesus that I don't know yet. And I will find if I continue in his word. And he said, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth. That's why we say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. And the truth will make you free. And that little piece of the verse is taken every cop drama. Come on, confess, the truth will set you free. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you will be free from the condemnation of sin if you continue in Christ's word and believe, put your faith in the real Jesus, then you are free from the law of sin and death for eternity. You're over here in the spirit. You will have The law of the Spirit of love in Christ. The truth will set you free. And of course, they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. They're thinking completely in materialistic terms. How is it that you say you will become free? They're thinking slave to people. And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I mean, as plainly as possible. And if you read Romans 8 and then read this. You get this. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Boom. We're right back here to the condemnation. If you are committing sin, as opposed to occasionally falling into sin as a disciplinary measure from God, here is continuing in sin, practicing sin, committing sin. You are a slave to sin because that burden you can't get off your back. Only the cross will get the burden off your back. I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. That means, if you continue on this side of the y-axis, if you are under this burden of sin, you won't continue forever. That sin leads to death. The son does remain forever. As Paul said, there is no condemnation for those who are in the Christ, Jesus. The Son remains forever. He's the Ark. The Church is in the Ark. If you're in the Church, true Church, not a cult, not a theological cult, not an actual cult, Jesus of the Bible, you are in the Ark, and you will remain forever because Jesus remains forever. So if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. Continue in Christ's word. Know the real Jesus. Put your faith in the real Jesus. And if God hasn't given you the faith, you won't be able to put it in. But if he has, you will be able to put him in Jesus. And it's as natural as doing it yourself. You don't know because God is in control. Put your faith in that Christ, the real Jesus, and you will be set free from this law of sin and death and put into the law of the spirit of life in Christ, which is a glorious place to be. Because even though we sin, we can identify, and that's how you'll know which which one you're in, this are you complaining about how awful life is all the time? Things are just keep happening to me. I've heard people. I, I gave a homeless person a ride, and all they did the whole time. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not blanket statement, all the homeless people, but this person just kept. And then this person hurt me, and this person did this to me, and this person did this to me. I heard <clears throat> living under the burden of sin, and I, t- I told you about the whole. Napoleon's in hell pacing back and forth it's not my fault it's not my fault it's Josephine's fault it's you know everybody's fault but but his burden of sin and that's CS Lewis's interpretation of hell where the sin has now totally engulfed are you here is served the sin a burden the sin Constantly making you anxious and worried, and everything is just. I can't get. I can't get around life. Life is just too tough. Or are you? Are you over here? Where you occasionally sin, but you're continuing in His Word. You know the real Jesus, and His Spirit is saying, "Use this sin." God has giving you this opportunity to grow into more into the likeness of His Son. Where are you? And it should, and, and, and sometimes we think, oh, it's hard to know. Sometimes I feel like I'm over here. Sometimes I feel like I'm over here. But I think people that are over here never feel like they're over here. And people that are over here sometimes feel like they're over here, but a lot of the time, I don't think I don't think the people that are over here ever feel like they're over here because they don't they don't even like it said, you're you don't they don't even believe in God. It's not it's not even an option. It doesn't even occur to <clears> them. <throat> so why would one day they think I feel like God, I've got life in the spirit? Because it's not that's not that's not even an option. All this as we looked at first Corinthians 18, 1 Corinthians one eighteen, this is complete. Foolishness to those who are lost. This is rubbish. It's not even an option. It doesn't even. It's not even on the shelf in the library of their homes. Think about where you are. If you, th- if you think you're over here, you're That means when you have sin hitting you you'll know it's a disciplinary thing that my loving Father in Heaven wants me to undergo in order to turn me more into the likeness of His Son. You're over here. You're just like, poor me, For me, for me. Amen. Amen. Please stand. <laughs>